Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. If you work in retail, you may regard the endless loop of Christmas songs as a form of torture. But for many other people, even most people, the return of Christmas songs that they've heard a zillion times before is welcome. So why is that? Professor Peter Wurst is a brain scientist and musician at Aarhus University. Afternoon, Peter. Hi. Is there any particular kind of chord structure that Christmas songs tend to have? That's very interesting. I mean... The Christmas song can be many different things, of course, but it's basically a hit that can last for many years. And uh, one of the things that that is very typical is that it has a quite predictable, uh, for instance, the chord structure, which can be very predictable, but then something else which has a lot of novelty in it, it has to be on top of that. A good example is, for instance, Last Christmas, uh, the Wham song, mm-hmm. where you have the most simple chord sequence. It's just four chords, and it's a, a, what we call a damp. But on top of that, it is a melody which is actually pretty hard to sing. If you had to, you had to listen to it for many times to be able to sing at least the verse. Uh, and there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, George Michael has a, does a lot of improvisation and so forth. So one thing that is, is typical is that you have some, something very predictable. It signals, you know, the, you know the, it, it signals Christmas and, and you're safe and you're home. And then you have to have something that will linger on the next year so that you can play it again one, one year later, because otherwise it won't last. Um, so, so that's very typical. Mm. Um, so, but another thing that Christmas songs have to do, if you're talking about a specific course, is that they have to uh, purport uh, nostalgia. And one way to do this is that, I mean, m- most most uh, Christmas songs, they're in major. So, uh, bum, bum, bum. Mm. Uh, so it's because it, they have to be nice and it has to remind you, they have to remind you of, of Christmas and so forth. That's not uh, its positive emotions you want to create. But you also want to create a little bit of nostalgia, and you do that by putting in uh, uh, some uh, chords that are actually minor. So if you have this dum bum 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 bum, then you put in minor chords. And a very good example of that is, for instance, the Mariah Carey uh, song that we all know, of course. Uh, uh, all I want for Christmas. That 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 thing, Chris. That's a minor chord in a in a major uh, sort of environment. So, and and that's sort of you're dripping a little bit of of sadness. You know, major is typically associated with happy feelings. Minor is typically associated with uh, sad feelings. So, in the happy context, you're dripping a little bit of sadness in there, which is. Exactly, nostalgia. Mm. And what is it that's going on in our brains in the sense that that those two songs you cited and many other Christmas songs people have heard again and again and again, year on year? uh, Yeah. Why don't they ever reach a point where they're sick of them? But we also do that because this is very typical. You have what is known as the mere exposure effect. And that means that the more you listen to a piece of music, the more you like it, until a certain point where it turns out, turns around and, and you, you become sick of it. But what happens with the Christmas songs is that you only hear them, they're confined to oh, 
almost confined to to December, right? And uh, and and then you listen to them for one month, and then after that month, you're really sick of them. But if they're if they're nicely made, so there's actually a lot that you can't really remember, like in the Wham song, you can't really remember that melody. Then when it comes along again the next year, you might in the beginning just be thinking, ah, I, I kind of don't. Uh, like this one, but then when you hear, listen to it a couple of times, then you you get these emotions because you, oh, there's also some some emotion connected to that, and in the brain that would be deep down in the limbic system in our brain, it's where where you where you can say we process different types of emotions, and specifically for this, I think there's a lot of what we call conditioning going on. You know the. The, the the old story about uh, this Russian um, this Russian researcher called Paolo, uh, who uh, pa- pa- Pavlov is it, it, probably in, in English, mm-hmm. and where he he had his dogs, he fed his dogs, and while he was feeding them, he he rang a bell, and then after a certain uh, point of time, he just rang the bell, and then uh, they 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 would their they would uh, their mouth would turn go uh, turn into water. I mean, there would be saliva all over the place. So so, and that's a little bit the same thing with the Christmas songs. It 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 reminds us of, of something uh, uh, nice. And of course, you can't be listening to them all the time. But when it, they come back, twelve or eleven months later, then uh, then they can sort of uh, they can trigger these emo- positive emotions. And that's why we we, we tend to to uh, to listen to to them over and over again. But mm. musically, it's very hard to 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 do this kind of. of yeah. Music. So it, 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 it would it be fair to say it's triggering something comforting in the brain. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely comfort, uh, comforting. And that's also why, if you think about most Christmas songs, they are of course the outliers. But most Christmas songs, they would have a medium tempo. Very comforting. Sometimes nowadays, also with a nice groove, some maybe a little bit of swing, jingle bell, jingle bell, and so forth, and maybe a little bit of uh, R&B uh, feel also to it. It's in major, which is also uh, comforting. And then they have this thing that almost all uh, Christmas songs they will end on on the tonic. I mean, the first note of the scale, and that really feels like that really feels like home. So you come home once once you've listened to it. Indeed. Peter Vost is a professor in neuroscience at the Department of Clinical Medicine at Aarhus University, director of the Centre for Music in the Brain, and as you've heard, a very fine singer. Peter, thank you very much. Thank you. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.